0: Welcome to episode number 60 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name's Ann Conkley. I'm a certified nurse, midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. So we're gonna talk a little bit today about when something doesn't feel right and um but before we get into that i want to just make note of um where we are right now it is gorgeous here in cleveland it's supposed to be a high of 80 80 degrees which in the middle of april seems a little bit strange i got to tell you we have over the past couple of years had a snow that fell on mother's day when we're sitting at mother's day brunch so i'm a little bit reluctant to believe that we have completely blown past spring and that we're now into summer but um <laughs> because it's inevitably you know possible that uh next week it could change we could be back in our winter coats but but it is right now it is gorgeous outside it is so fun to see the magnolia trees blooming all the forsythias blooming all of the crocuses and daffodils and the tulips are starting to come up and i just love Love, love this part of the season. So so I hope around you, you're starting to notice maybe, maybe you aren't noticing the flowers, but maybe you're just noticing that your allergies have kicked up. You're using your Flonase a little bit more, maybe your Zyrtec or your Allegra, whatever it is. And, uh, and so I just invite you to really look outside, take a breather and get out into nature and experience some of the bloom that is going on right now. Because I think if you have an opportunity to just immerse yourself in it even for a quick five to ten minutes and give yourself an opportunity to just enjoy some of the beauty that nature has i think it's one of those brilliant moments of life where you know the world feels like it could be falling down around you and to see some of the flowers blooming just feels so reassuring like Things will go on, right? So, um, and then I also, um, you know, we're celebrating over here. Um, I got a new car, and I'm gonna tell you something I got this beautiful little BMW 4 Series. This car is fast. It is super sexy. It is smoking hot. And do you know what happens when I start to think that this car is smoking hot? I start to feel like I'm smoking hot. And you know what that does to my level of self esteem and and confidence? Fucking amazing. So, uh, so I've got this beautiful new little coupe, and uh, and I, you know, I mean, it's kind of comical. And we'll talk. I'll probably have a another podcast episode on the car, but it's comical because I went in there looking for an SUV and then somehow came out with a coupe, which was not what I had anticipated. But sometimes, right, even with the best laid plans and uh, the best ahead of time decisions, sometimes in the moment we change our our minds and that's okay too, right? As long as we love our reasons and as long as it feels right, uh, you know, we're not doing it from a place of shame or, you know, disgruntlement or discomfort, right? So, so, wonderful spring moment to put the windows down to, you know, embrace all of the bloom that's going on and to be present for that. It's just been it's been remarkable and uh you know we're finishing up that season i we had a lovely spring break i celebrated my birthday we celebrated easter uh in my family and um just been a a wonderful kind of moment in this season and so i hope that around you if whatever holiday you celebrate or whatever moment in time you're experiencing that you have an opportunity to experience some of the joy you know that uh, that i've had and 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 been fortunate enough to have in my life so so I want to talk about something that I think is important. And I think it's something that we 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 probably have a understanding of, but we don't really talk about it. And that's really intuition and in our gut. And I think it's this fascinating thing. You've probably had a, a moment in time where you had a patient who either presented in your office or triage or on your unit. And you just knew that something wasn't right. And I think I've talked about this a couple times on the podcast, whether it was um, seeing a patient, I had a patient once who came in, right, short of breath, uh, newly, I think new, either newly postpartum or in pregnancy and um, uh, actually was not short of breath, but had um, when she, her only symptom came into triage only, and this skinny little gal, you know, uh, only symptom was that when she laid down to, and I think it was to nurse the baby, she noticed that, um, she had difficulty breathing and some chest pain. That was it. And right. And so it was one of those moments where I thought, you know, something just doesn't feel right. I mean, vitals were more stable. They were beautiful. Um, no other complaints. She was satting well. And though we went and sent her for a, um, a CT and did a I think at that time it was a D-dimer and did a CT and the radiologist called right away and was like she has a saddle PE and at which point our team went down and um assisted her back up to get her you know started on um uh um heparin and a drip and you know we got her transferred into the mfm service and i'll just never forget that that sense that i had that this just doesn't add up right why would she right have completely totally normal vitals um have a normal d-dimer she would have uh uh and actually it wasn't a ct at that point it was a vq scan but you know it just makes me think about those moments in clinical practice when things didn't feel right. If you've listened to the podcast, you heard me talk about um, the patient that I had come in with um, an inverted uterus and uh, and how it just didn't feel right when I did that exam. And I couldn't, you know, I, I didn't have an appreciation. I knew something. I couldn't find that cervix, but I just didn't have quite the words to put into um you know in like to formulate that sentence in my mind that she had an inverted uterus but I knew something was just, you know, not right. And I think as we get started as clinicians, we have this sense usually of, you know, when something's right and when something's not right. And sometimes I think <laughs> when we have our new students and we're looking at the progress of the students and we have concerns about the students, I think for many of us who look at the student who comes out or the new NP who's super green and highly confident, and the only thing we think to ourselves is they don't know what they don't know, and that's a problem, right? Because they're not looking and their confidence, you know, or their overconfidence it tries to really, um, you know, in their minds make up for it. And you and I, as seasoned the NPs and midwives and CRNAs, we look at that and say, you have no idea what you're, you know, what you're, what you could be missing. Uh, right. So, but when we are, I think, experiencing that sensation and it's a physical sensation, I think that comes. And that really doesn't fit, you know, it just doesn't feel right. And it doesn't settle well. I think that is something that many of us can relate to. So if we can agree that there is a moment in time when you and I and those of us who are in clinical practice, when we are experiencing that deep either distrust or concern or worry, or we just can't even quite put our finger on what's wrong, right? My mom used to say that all the time um, and still does, you know, something's not right here. That's her. That's her. Something's not right here. It's kind of her. Her. Um, her phrase. And and I think about that phrase and think about if when you have that, whatever the phrase is that pops into your brain, like it doesn't feel right or something's not right here. You know, the question I think that we owe it to ourselves to really ask is, um, what's going on? What's going on in me that's prompting that question to come out? And, um, and, when, and 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 when furthermore, to ask yourself, when I think that something's not right, what do I do from there? And what's my process for exploring when it just doesn't feel quite right? Because some of us will go into this mode of when we think that something's not right or have that intuition kick in, that we will maybe second guess ourselves and we will um, start to question and we will worry and we will look around and say, well, it must be me. I must have done something. Or, you know, it must be because I don't know enough. Or right, we'll we'll second guess everything about ourselves. Um, and then interestingly, what happens? Well, if you're so busy, if you're if you have this thought come to you, your gut chimes in or your intuition, whichever you prefer to call it, and then you look at that and you say, Something's not right, and then you make that mean something about you that you haven't right. Your next step is something's not right here and but maybe it's like, no, I'm I must have just be making that up. Or um I, I don't I don't maybe I don't know enough. Or uh, maybe it it really is good, but like it maybe it really is fine, but I just like haven't seen all the data. Like I haven't done my due diligence and like figured out, you know, all the parts Right. I mean, it's like one of those common scenarios. Think about it when if you've ever been in a meeting or when a large you know, clinical decision is making is uh, being made and you look around the room and people are like, you know, going on with it. And then in your gut or in your heart of hearts, you're like, this is a terrible plan. This is a terrible idea. But, you know, you look around the room and you're like, but, you know, all of these other people sitting at the table are agreeing to it. And you just keep thinking to yourself, wait a minute, I think this is, but you instead look at that group and you say, but if they're not saying anything, then maybe it's me. Like maybe I'm the one who, maybe I didn't hear everything that they were talking about. Maybe I didn't, maybe I missed one of the key points or something. You Start second guessing and questioning. And then, you know, you, you really turn that around. And when you get so busy doing that, what you're not doing is you're not, you know, advocating for what has happened in your body, which is that there's been this physical response. Uh, and this trigger that happened in your brain that cued you to think something doesn't match up here, and I'm not quite sure what it is. I can't quite put my finger on it. And and instead of going that next route to figure it out or to do further investigation, you know, your brain becomes trapped in this cycle of maybe it's me, or like maybe I just didn't do my, you know, get all the research or or understand it completely. And I think that's a just important um, note to make here, which is that if the red flags come up for you and they are red flags, right? When your body says, when your body responds with this, you know, Ugh. and then your brain responds with something's not right here and then you don't do something with it, right? And all of a sudden you're at odds with your with yourself, right? And and what happens when you're at odds with yourself? Well, it creates a lot of consternation. It creates a lot of worry and anxiety and frustration and it creates a lot of overthinking and rumination and it creates a lot of just a lot of discomfort, right? That physical unease. And you've felt it. It's like when you're, you know, this and what happens? Well, all of a sudden we have this feeling in the pit of our stomachs, right? I mean, think about the last time that you had a patient who you had so much concern about, right? And you just knew something was not right. And it felt terrible, you couldn't put your finger on it, and you couldn't quite figure it out, and your brain was maybe making it, you know, uh, like like you hadn't done, you know, all the the necessary parts that you had done, or you c- couldn't quite figure it out, or wrap your mind around it, and and right, and all the time that you spent in that questioning and second guessing, really precludes you from figuring out what's up from going and having the conversations that do matter from going and talking to your, your collaborating docs or the people on your team or your residents or, you know, the people that you trust, right? Clinically who have an acumen, maybe that's uh, better than yours. That's more advanced than yours, right? If you are sitting there thinking, I don't know, maybe I didn't like get all the info or, you know, do enough of an exam or I don't know it, you'll never take that next step. Or you will, but it'll be at a later time. And what happens in that meantime? Well, you've wasted some time, and there is a cost. There's an opportunity to cost that happens when you and I sit in that uh, stage of second guessing and, and not and, and feeling all the discomfort and being at uh, it, feeling unease, but not doing something with it, not doing something to you know tr- to take that unease from uh, from unsettled to peaceful and confident and present. And ready and um, curious, right? And so I think when you are the um, person who is, you know, something's not right, there's kind of a decision tree that happens for a lot of advanced practice nurses. When the thought is there or the feeling is there, something's not right here. And then the next step is you either become the advanced practice nurse who questions, second guesses. Um, and makes it mean something about her or that, you know, she didn't do her job or, or didn't quite find it all out, figure it all out in a way it needed to be figured out. Or you are the advanced practice nurse who says, oh, something is going on in my body. I recognize that there's a response in my body that's occurring and my job, if I was to be the PI on, you know, what's occurring in my body, my job is to see what is going on, what is causing this unease, what is causing me to question or to second guess, or what's causing that change, right? If I think about that patient in triage, right, if I had just succumbed to, you know, looking at the vitals and um, saying, you know what. You try some Tylenol, go home. If I didn't listen to my gut that day, and I'll never forget going to my attending and saying, "I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't think we're going to get a yield on this VQ scan, but I think we should just send her anyways because I I just can't understand why she would have this." you know, chest pain at at rest when she's laying down, but not have it when she's saying it just doesn't make sense. There's got to be something going on. And she was like, I agree with you. Like, go investigate, f- you know, figure it out. And then to have, right, that, to be that type of advanced practice nurse who just recognizes that change in her body, that that physical sensation in her body. And again, you can call it intuition. You can call it, you know, your um your gut response. You can call it whatever you want. The, the point is, your question to ask yourself is, do I, do I use that to my advantage? Do I turn around and do I, do I look and, and take a pause and say, wait a minute, what is going on? Why am I concerned about this? What is not adding up? And what do I, what could be my next step, right? Becoming that version of yourself, then who not only takes the next step, but who goes against and bucks the trend. And goes against what conventionally maybe other people are telling you to do, right? If everybody's like, her vitals are normal, just send her home. Like we need the triage bed. I mean, you guys have been you. If you are in clinical practice, you've been in this scenario where you felt rushed. Something just didn't settle. It didn't feel right to you. And you've got patients at the wazoo in triage, or you've got you know patients backed up in rooms, and you just knew something wasn't right. And you, you're getting that kind of uh, push from the rest of your staff to like, let's go, come on, churn and burn. We gotta get these patients in and out. It's like get-go, get in, get out, get going. Get-go's a, a station, a gas station we have here in Cleveland, right? And their phrase is like, get in, get out, get going. And we used to always talk about that in clinic. Like that was my motto for clinic, get in, get out, get going. Like, and same thing with triage. You know, we gotta, we gotta move triage is a process. It's not a place, right? We, we get people in, we evaluate them, we make an, a, an assessment, we come up with a plan. We either admit for further observation or for um, you know full admission, or we discharge home with a plan for outpatient care or for follow-up. Very clear, right? That, and, and so, but becoming that version of an advanced practice nurse or becoming that version of yourself really requires you to begin to think a little differently and to become that version who says, when I notice that it doesn't feel right, it doesn't settle right in my body and I have some level of unease, I never make it mean something about me. I just go out and, and figure out what, what further, what other information maybe I could get to support, you know, advancing, uh, the decision-making process that becoming that version of yourself, you know, requires you to be confident it requires you to be, um, self-aware it requires you to be secure in your decision-making. It requires you to feel, um, not only um, sufficient in the level of clinical knowledge that you have, but confident in the level of clinical knowledge that you have and the level of um, you know, clinical acumen that you have to be the one who you know, listens to her gut. And I think if you're not doing that, I think you have to ask yourself, what's getting in the way? Why am I making it mean something about me? And why do I have some difficulty with becoming that version of myself? I think that is such a powerful question to ask. And then if you are the advanced practice nurse who asks herself that, then I would recommend that you come on over into our community and Nurses Living the Good Life. This is what we do. We really talk about if you are the person who feels, you know, who, who doesn't listen to her intuition, who doesn't, who second guesses everything, who makes it mean something about her, then there is some very easy work that we can do. And I'll call it, well, maybe we should say this. It's not quite easy, but it's a simple fucking process. It is a simple process to become a different version of yourself who doesn't think like that. And that's exactly what we do in Nurses Living the Good Life. Right. We use a coach approach to really help clients so that they begin to stop the second guessing. Stop feeling like, you know, you're not listening to exactly what's going on at the level of your body. That version of you doesn't care about the discomfort of others or the rushing nature of others. The that version of you just says, No, something's going on. I'm going to investigate. I'm going to do a thorough investigation. And not only in myself, but also kind of in this clinical situation, and then I'm going to make a decision from there, right? That's a beautifully confident, sufficient, abundant version of yourself. And I think if you are not operating in that way, you got to ask yourself, you know, why number one and number two, what am I waiting for, right? this is you, this is not, right? It's just about, as much about the patient as it is about you. We can make the argument that we ought to be doing that for our patients, but I would argue we, we need to be doing it for our patients and we need to be doing it for ourselves because that's how we show up very powerfully as the future of healthcare. That's how we show up very powerfully and change the nature of what nursing looks like and the conversations that occur and the way in which our patients get cared for and the way in which we show up. Right. That that's on us. And and it takes us stepping into that, um, you know, as a first step, saying, if I'm going to be right, the chief decision maker, I'm going to be CEO of, you know, a company, or I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to act like I'm CEO of my group, or, you know, if I'm going to show up like a CEO, right? And I don't have to have a formal title or a business to show up like a CEO, but if I'm going to show up like a CEO, then I need to start showing up as a CEO of myself first. It has to happen. You cannot do one without the other. Okay. So, so think about that. Um, and uh, and um consider where is that not working for me? And am I ready to do something about it? Right? Am I ready to show up very powerfully, you know, in a way that that serves me and it serves them. Right? Because that's what we're missing out on if you don't. We're missing out on all the brilliance and all of the beauty and everything that you have and every brilliant area of your brain that is so smart and 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 can make magic happen. We're missing out on that when you are stuck in that like second guessing of like, I don't, mm, I don't, mm, I don't know. It doesn't quite feel right, but I don't know. Okay. That's your work to do. So come join us in Nurses Living the Good Life. Or furthermore, if you're like, I kind of just love this. I want to actually learn how to do this. And I want to then go use it to my advantage. And I want to use it and teach my patients. And I want to you know, incorporate it into my clinical practice. Or I want to go out there and build a business. You should probably join us in one of the webinars on coach training and start to understand what we're talking about and, and get into that community as well. Right? got some options for you. So don't sit and 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 believe your brain when it says, I don't know, we're never going to fix this. It's just so hard. Just stop that shit. You just, and, and take a leap of faith, make an investment in yourself and go surround yourself with people who start to think differently. That's what we do in coach training. That's what we do in nurses living the good life. So, all right, friends, I will see you next time. Take care.